Today's show is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the place to go for all your audio needs and the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Check out Sonos.com for all the great products that you want right now. Coming up on today's Locked On Big Ten, we've got both Andrew Wade and Isaiah Holin from Iowa and Michigan, respectively, to break down tomorrow's title game. It'll be a matchup to maybe decide a team in the college football playoff. We'll talk about all that with both the guys here in just a minute on Locked On Big Ten. You are Locked On Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You're listening into Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the conference every day of the week, Monday through Friday. Nate Dickinson, Isaiah Hole with us as we do every single Friday. We're going to break down the Big Ten title game here with Isaiah. You're usually in on Thursdays here, Isaiah. We got you here on, on Friday to pre- preview the show or the game on Saturday. But as we get into things here, Michigan first before the Iowa game beat up on Ohio State. Uh, start to finish had control of this matchup. Buckeyes really were kept at arm's length for a lot of that second half. Uh, we talked a lot about this game in particular leading up to it the entire season, really, just because it's Michigan. You're a Michigan guy, and whenever we have to talk to them, when it comes to football, Ohio State gets in the conversation. Now they've won the game, snapped that eight-game losing streak. What did, did this mean for this school? What did this? How did this game happen? I, I mean, everything. Give us everything you got just out of the reaction of, from a huge win, biggest since, uh, I don't know, so you can tell us that too. Uh, biggest win since 1997, I would say. It's uh, it's hard to, to go back and find another game that equals it in importance, right? Like the last time they beat Ohio State was 2011. That was a six and five Ohio State team. It means a lot more when you when it's two teams playing for the same goals, right? Both with one loss, both trying to get to Indi- Indianapolis, both trying to get into the college football playoff and Ohio state, like all I was reading all week from, uh, and, and, you know, this isn't what our, our guy, Jay Stevens from lockdown Buckeyes was saying, but also I was reading all week from a lot of other uh, outlets was that Michigan didn't stand a chance. It was just going to be another blowout. It was a coronation reminded me a lot of uh, the types of stuff I was reading back in 2004 when it was the Lakers and the Pistons in the, uh, in you know in the nba finals and michigan had something to say about it right and i I understand that uh ohio state has had this level of dominance but michigan finally kind of took it seriously and when i say kind of i mean they obviously did i mean it, it was no mistake and you can really tell that that they changed the name of the uh nine on seven run drill to the beat Ohio drill. And I know a lot of people kind of scoffed at that. I, I guess I kind of did even, cause it's like, well, all right, that drill already existed, but now you're calling it something different. How does that mean anything? Well, it's because they recognize that in order to beat Ohio state, that needed to bring a level of physicality that they were not bringing beforehand. So they found, they basically changed that script and what they were seeing. And I think based off of the comments that we heard from Josh Gaddis, the offensive coordinator afterwards on the inside Michigan football program, he said that Ohio state is a really good team. It's a, it's a finesse team. It's not a tough team that I know that that stings if you're an Ohio state fan, but that's clearly what Michigan saw. They said, if we punch them in the mouth, they're not going to be able to respond. 
And what what Michigan kind of did was expose Ohio State that it is not the Urban Meyer Ohio State. This is a team that's playing basketball on grass, essentially. And it works most of the time because they have the athletes, right? They're It's clearly one of the most talented teams in the country. Uh, the, the only team that might be more talented than Ohio State at the moment is Georgia. Uh, but that's because Georgia has always kind of tended to have the, the most five stars, all that kind of stuff. So... Michigan said, okay, if we punch them in the mouth, how are they going to respond? And it turned it out, out not so well. I mean, that's, that's why Michigan placed an onus on doing things the way they did this year, going back to Harbaugh ball. And as far as like how big this is for, for Michigan, I mean, it's giant. I mean, they need to capitalize on it. Of course, you can't just have it be a one and done type situation. Uh, and you also need to, to take care of business in the, here in the postseason. But if Michigan is able to win the big 10 championship, if Michigan is able to, you know, get in the college football playoff, say they go to the national championship, that gives you a lot of different chips you can push into the middle of the table, right? It might not be immediate, but it's one of those things where you can point to your program as being the most successful one in the conference. And as much as, you know, Ohio State fans want to say, hey, that, you know, we had the upper hand for the last 16, 17 years. College football is all about what you done. What have you done for me lately? Right. So it, it's one of those things where even if it doesn't pay immediate dividends yet, you know, as far as, you know, say a win next year, you're now getting in guys maybe in the recruiting cycle that you weren't getting in before uh, you're getting higher end prospects. And I don't think it's necessarily a foregone conclusion either. And, and that's Ohio state gets revenge next year. Cause a lot of what I've seen has been this idea of, well, we'll get them next year. Well, I, I thought going into the game, if Michigan ended up finding a way to win, it'd be kind of a fluky win, right? Like this right. The, team, the team that wanted it more got a couple lucky breaks. That wasn't the case. I, I would say at this point, based off of what we saw, the physicality, the way that Michigan treated the game, you know, treated the game compared to Ohio State, if those two teams faced each other 10 times, I think Michigan would have ended up being the one to win seven times. Uh, just based off of the fact that it was, it, it was all about the physicality in the trenches that won the game for Michigan. It, it was a dominant win. Uh, and Joel Klatt likened it to being potentially like Jim Harbaugh's Stanford upsetting USC kind of changing the power dynamics. It was that type of win because it was, it, it really showed, Hey, there, this team is going to go in and beat up somebody. It doesn't matter how much talent you have. We, we can go and beat you up. And now if Michigan capitalizes on it here in the postseason in particular, then it, it really does change things because think about the, Ohio state was already the top dog in the conference, but the 2014 national championship really took it to a next level type elite program. I mean, it was already elite, but I mean, it took it to a different level of elite uh, where it was thought that no one could contend with them. If Michigan can win the national championship, it, it would likely be the same thing. Two years down the road, you, you have that capability of recruiting and drawing kids' attention that much more than you would have the way that things had been going in the previous status quo. Of course, got to take things one week at a time still, though. There's a long way to go before Michigan gets to those heights. But as you look at just what we talked about throughout the year about just how Michigan had been preparing for this game differently with everything that it came out. I agree with what you said when we talked about that before, but Harbaugh like 
practicing or doing whatever it was. Again, we said it wasn't really exactly clear what was different to prepare for Ohio State this season. I was with you just because I was with you with what you said. If Michigan wins that game, I didn't see it being the kind of game where it was that Michigan was just controlling the whole time. It would be like you said, just a few different breaks here and there allows the Wolverines to have a chance and then they execute on that chance. That wasn't the case. They dominated front to back. And I think you're right. I think that sets a different kind of tone than if Michigan had just beaten Ohio State. That was more than just a win. It was a win in which the Wolverines really, really took control and looked like just the better football team, the more prepared football team, the team that knew how to win that game. A complete flip to the script from what we had uh, seen in previous weeks and previous years, of course, from that matchup. Now, Isaiah, I want to talk with you, of course, about going forward now to the Big Ten title game. We mentioned one week at a time up next is Iowa. If Michigan doesn't win that, there's no Big Ten team in the college football playoff, really, is the end of it. But right now, Michigan has that chance. It can beat the Hawkeyes and go forward on to what would be a sure spot in that top four. I'm seeing a whole lot of people not really giving Iowa much of a chance to this nationally. But when you talk to people within the Big Ten, I feel like there's a better understanding that the Hawkeyes have a better shot here than um, what some people might seem. What's your take on what Iowa brings into Indianapolis? Well, a lot of these Big Ten championship games are close games, right? Right, Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's really, you know, all these teams that have gone against against Ohio State the last five years have had chances. You know, it hasn't been just a foregone conclusion, even if they've, you know, I think uh, it was uh, Wisconsin one year. They didn't play. They played. Ohio State in the regular season it didn't go well at all and then they play them in the in I think it was 2018 and then they they go in and uh, maybe it was 2019 then they play them in the Big Ten championship game and uh, it suddenly like they've got a shot and I think that's going to be that, that's probably going to be the case right Iowa doesn't have anything to lose and everything to gain Michigan has a lot to lose so with that that in mind I mean I think it certainly can be a game but when you look at a lot of the matchups, that's where things get a little bit more problematic. And I think that that's where people might be looking more at Michigan is, is really having that chance. Uh, talking to uh, Andrew Wade, who you're going to have on uh, yesterday, two days ago, it was uh, he, he's very concerned about Iowa's offensive line. You look at their inability to pass the ball. The run game hasn't quite been what it has normally been for Iowa, really offensively. They just don't have a lot going for it at the moment. Michigan defensively has been very, very good. You know, it's it's limiting teams to one of their worst outputs. In the case of Ohio State, it was their worst output of the season. Not that that meant a lot. They still got almost 500 <laughs> yards or whatever. But you know what I mean? It's it's it, Michigan has done a really good job defensively, particularly in the last few weeks. Uh, really seems like they've hit their stride. They're all bought in. On the other side. Uh, it, it, you just wonder how Michigan's going to run the ball, but we've also seen Michigan not necessarily need to run the ball against Wisconsin. I got a lot of flack, by the way, recently, especially from Buckeyes fans, about uh, me pointing to the Wisconsin game and what Michigan was able to do offensively. And they say, hey, Wisconsin's a different team. Yeah, on, on offense, they're a different team. Defensively, they're still the same, you know, the same Badgers they've been, right? And Michigan mm-hmm. ran the ball enough, stayed committed to the run, and was able to pass on them. Uh, I know that uh, Iowa is probably a little bit better with the pass. They probably want Michigan to pass because they're they're really good at getting turnovers. So if Michigan can take care of the ball, which it's done all season, I believe the the least amount of turnovers in the Big Ten. Uh, if they can they can take care of the football, 
and uh, and not force things. Just I, I think that the way that Michigan plays offense in this idea of they're not looking for a quick strike. They're not looking to, to throw a big one downfield. They'll do it a couple times a game, but mostly they're just looking to slowly and methodically drive down the field. They'll, they'll take all three downs and, and just slowly move the field. I think that works in Michigan's advantage that the way that Iowa plays defense, because that's kind of what Iowa allows. So if Michigan can find a way to do that, and especially if it can start fast, not settle for field goals, which this might be the type of game where it's a little bit more tricky to uh, to get in the end zone. Iowa certainly is one of those teams that uh, is going to try to more so force you into field goal situations. Uh, I, I think that that's going to work out to Michigan's advantage. Michigan's played clean football all season long. It just has to continue to do the same thing. If, as long as Michigan plays basically exactly as it has all year, it should be a win. But weirder things have happened, certainly. Iowa's going to th- probably throw the bag at Michigan and uh, because they want the big 10 championship too, right? Both teams haven't won since 2004. So it's a uh, it, Michigan has to go out there and play with the same fire. It played against Ohio state. They they've been taking things one game at a time all year. So I'm not terribly concerned about it. There being some kind of letdown coming off of Ohio state, maybe some early game jitters because mm-hmm. they haven't been there, you know, but uh right. I think that Michigan is built pretty well to be able to take care, not take care, but take advantage of a lot of things that Iowa presents. Maybe not as well as Purdue. You probably would like to see a little bit more of a vaunted passing attack, but Michigan's also shown, Hey, we can pass the ball when we want to. We just don't really need to. So we don't really do it that often. Yeah. I think what it comes down to is really what you said. Michigan's obviously the better team, but I mean, this is now Iowa's biggest game of the season. I mean, they're not going to the Rose bowl. Even if they were, it had a shot to big 10 title might mean a little bit more than even that Rose bowl win, but it's, this is it for Iowa. Michigan's still hoping that it's biggest game of the season is a few weeks down the road, but it's that side of things that gets you in the mental. But when you look at what happens in X's and O's, uh, like you said, I think if Michigan comes out and just plays its game, plays the game it's been playing all season, it matches up well enough and should be able to take care of the Hawkeyes, given all of the, again, like you said, holes that are in that Iowa team. We're going to talk about all those with Andrew Wade in just a minute. He's stepping in to break down the Iowa side of things. Isaiah, thanks for coming on as always and joining us here. He'll be down in Indy on Saturday for the game. So we'll, of course, have plenty to ask him about next week here on Locked On Big Ten. Again, Isaiah, before we let you go, remind people where they can get a hold of all the stuff you're up to. Locked On Wolverines and wolverineswire.usatoday.com. He'll be back next week again with what he's hoping is a Michigan Big Ten title to discuss Isaiah Hull with us here on Locked On Big Ten. You know, BetOnline always has you covered for your online sports betting needs with all the lines, spreads, totals, everything that you need to know on anything going on around sports. They're always updating with new stuff all the time. They've got a new user interface if you haven't been to the website in a while. So head on over to BetOnline.ag, check it out. And if you haven't at least tried it out before, sign up and use our promo code Locked On. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus when you put in that first deposit, get some free money to play with, and then again, Go off and make some money big with Bet Online. They've got more ways to do it than anybody out there. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Today's episode of Locked On Big Ten is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar has everything that you need for your protein, whether it be the bars, their little powders you pour into drinks, anything else. Built Bar has what you need to get the job done throughout the day and at a great price with great health benefits 
too. None of that junk you're going to find in some of the other protein products out there. So head on over to Built.com, enter in our promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order and get started right now. They've got all sorts of flavors and new ones coming out all the time. So head on over to the site, see what's new, and try something out for yourself. Again, Built.com, the place to go, Built15, the code to get 15% off your order. Try it out, you're going to get hooked. I'm telling you, this stuff is seriously good. Back in here on Locked On Big Ten, we've had Michigan side. Now let's get over to the Iowa Hawkeyes. Joined by Andrew Wade over at Locked On Hawkeyes. I'm Nate Dickinson. Andrew, we just had Isaiah in before. We meant he mentioned how you guys had already talked this week too, and he mentioned about how you were concerned about just kind of where this Iowa team is in general going into a Big Ten championship matchup this weekend, and kind of the holes that it needs to fix pretty quickly. I mean, we'll start right there. Where is Iowa right now for teams who maybe haven't watched the Hawkeyes since they fell off that top of the college football playoff? Yeah, man. Um, I was in an interesting spot. I, when I say, when, when Isaiah says I had concerns, I think the biggest one that stands out is our pass protection. So nine games into the season, we were one of the worst pass blocking teams in the entire country. Um, since then we have improved. Now, to be fair, Everything has context, right? So we've improved against a crappy Northwestern team. We've improved against Illinois. We've improved against Minnesota and Nebraska. Now, Minnesota has some good pass rushers. Illinois has a very good pass rusher. Nebraska even has some good pass rushers, although they can't really get to the – they're not, you know, equating that to sacks as much. So it was improvement against decent teams. Um, we haven't seen them match up against a team that has an Aiden Hutchinson or a defensive line like Michigan – since Wisconsin, that didn't go so well. George Karlathis at Purdue, he made Iowa just look like a bunch of JV players. So um, that's probably my biggest concern is is where, what shows up for pass protection um, in this game. Uh, the other piece I would say is, is watching Michigan on tape, seeing what they do from an analytical perspective. Uh, they love to run the football, and they love to get to the outside. Now, Minnesota did that on a very consistent basis against us. And it felt like every time they, I, I've said this probably 10, 15 times now at this point, I have nightmares of the shotgun quick toss because they just literally kept going left, right, left, right with a seven string running back and averaging seven yards a carry. Now, granted, we go up against Illinois, a very strong rushing attack that has beaten good teams and we shut them down. So it's which, which Iowa team are you going to get here? Uh, and does Michigan show a few new wrinkles? Minnesota had not shown that wrinkle on tape the entire season. They pull it out. All of a sudden, Iowa can't do anything to stop it. And thankfully, we survived that game. We forced Tanner Morgan to pass a couple. Of, I mean, Minnesota was dropping every ball left and right. That also helped us as well. And a few big plays from us. So um, that, that, that concerns me because to me, those are the two biggest things. When you look at, when you look at Michigan, it's, they run the ball really well. They have two d- dynamic running backs who can get to the edge. And they did that against Ohio State. And then they also have two phenomenal pass rushers. And that's that's the, the biggest weakness of Iowa at this point. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at at this point. Yeah, it's a situation where you feel like if Michigan plays its game, we mentioned this with Isaiah before, but if Michigan plays its game, it's going to be able to win this game without too much trouble, I wouldn't think. But uh, Iowa still has, obviously, those skills and ability to keep up in this game. There's the history of this Big Ten championship game that I think is playing into what I think a lot of people will think will be a competitive matchup on Saturday. 
And also there's the fact of the experience. Michigan hasn't played in a Big Ten title game before. Ohio State's pretty much uh, held that spot on lock over on the east side. Does that, uh, all that stuff, the, all that off the field stuff that, that the people on the field would tell you they can throw out the window when the game starts, does that stuff matter all that much, you think? I think it does. I think it 100% matters, and that's why I think Iowa has a chance in this game. I think on paper, maybe – I didn't think Iowa was going to be in the Big Ten championship game this year. I, I wasn't as negative as, as Michigan State and – and uh, uh, it's not Will, it's Matt. Matt Sheehan, right? Yeah, Matt. Yeah, I was like, yeah. wow, I'm just – Will was there. You were right. Will was there once back yeah, then. Will Hunter, did Matt too. Sheehan. Yeah. I was like getting confused. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they did not think Michigan State was going to be in the spot. Now, I thought Iowa would be 9-3 and three or 10-2, and two, but I didn't expect them to be in the Big Ten championship game. Um, but here's the thing. With, with Iowa on paper, I've told this to my friends, on paper, Iowa should lose this game. But it's Iowa football, and whenever they're playing uh, a ranked team, whenever they are the large underdog, whenever the, everyone is counting them out and overlooking them, that's when Iowa jumps up, smacks in the mouth, and makes Urban Meyer retire and leave Ohio State, right? I mean, uh, Ohio State fans have nightmares of playing Iowa. Michigan fans have nightmares of playing Iowa. Honestly, Penn State should have had three or four nightmares of playing Iowa, but just they, they somehow survived on the back of Saquon Barkley, a revolutionary generational type running back who was able to, to capitalize in Iowa. I mean, Iowa just shows up in these big games. Um, save for Stanford and a pissed off Christian McCaffrey, Iowa does pretty well in these big time games, uh, even when they're undermatched or overmatched and underpowered. Um, and so when I look at this game, from my perspective, Michigan and Isaiah will tell you it's not the case. They're not looking at, you know, they're not thinking about Ohio State. Bull crap. I don't care who you are. You just came off the biggest win in the entire tenure of Jim Harbaugh. You finally beat Ohio State. You see that celebration? I mean, people were just elated. It was like they won the Super Bowl. These are college-age athletes, and it is difficult to turn around and go ahead and play a team like Iowa who's going to be like, punch you in the mouth, hit you a couple times, and see if you're going to respond because Iowa knows there's nothing else to lose here. Everyone expects them to lose this game. They have nothing else to lose. Pull out all the stops against a Michigan team that is emotionally drained, in my opinion. I, can, I know this from experience. Iowa knocks off Penn State. Now, granted, it happened to not be the same Penn State team we thought, but still, as a ranked top five ranked game at Kinnick, they win in a very emotional fashion, and they come out against Purdue and lay a freaking egg. So these are college athletes. And then you look at the fact that Michigan, not Michigan itself, not saying the players are all thinking this, but people are looking ahead and saying, who's Michigan playing in the college football playoff? But you got everything coming to you. You got to play Iowa. And Iowa's not backing down. They are going to be less athletic. They're going to be a little slower. They're going to have a worse overall team, but they can still beat you. Um, that's what Iowa's been doing for years with underrated recruits and guys who have over, always been overlooked, this is their time to shine. So I think whenever you play an Iowa team like that, especially in this spot for Michigan, now if this is Ohio state, I'd be a little bit more worried. I wouldn't, mm -hmm. I don't think Ohio state would have that let down behavior after beating Michigan because it's just an expectation. They beat Michigan. It's not like they're super bowl at this point. So um, that's kind of my thoughts. I, I'm going to piss off some Michigan fans from saying that I'm sure, but, and it's not a diss. I think Michigan's a better team. I just think Iowa has a chance. That people shouldn't be counting out the Hawkeyes. Well, it's something I brought up with Isaiah. It's either you say that Michigan super bowl was last week or it's coming up, but either way, 
this is the biggest game of Iowa's season. Rose Bowl isn't yeah. happening. And even if it was, uh, you could probably say Big Ten championships mean more to them anyway. So this is it for the Hawkeyes and that's all that kind of stuff. But it, you got you got to have some sort of like cap on the confidence if, if this is what we're all like leaning on to feel good about it, right? Like we, we talked about it before, the football side of it, Michigan is the better team. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, Andrew- I couldn't disagree with that. I, the one thing I would say is, um, if Iowa wins this game, they're going to the Rose Bowl, and that does mean a lot to them. Like, yes, going to the – Oh, you think so? Playoff, yeah. I mean, well, because they'd be the Big Ten champion. They would also be a top five or ten – they'd be a probably top eight CFP team. And the Rose Bowl will take the Big Ten champion, I believe, mm, any day. That's true. Um, yeah. That's what – they. I mean, that's literally how it works. Just like the Pac-12, like if Oregon versus Utah, whoever wins that game is going to the the, the, the Rose Bowl. Um, same thing with Iowa. Um, now, this that would really screw over Michigan State. Michigan State would bite the bullet on that one um, because they would be pushed down a little bit. And because Iowa would take the Rose Bowl, I think Michigan or Ohio State or both would take other spots. But if I'm Michigan State, I'm rooting for Michigan in this game because you're going to get into a, a, a New Year's Six Bowl. But Iowa, I think, goes to the Rose Bowl if they win this game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about all that whole side of it. It's it, a little weird. It is. It's weird thinking about it. And then you have, you'd have Michigan and Ohio state kind of yeah. in that uh, pick of it all too. So it'd, it'd be, I mean, obviously pick the litter for whoever makes the decisions on the Rose bowl committee or whatever, but I don't know. We'll see what ends up happening there. But yeah, I yeah. think you're, if it ends up being big 10 champion, I mean, if it was just pure straight up ranking, then probably I'd say Michigan or Ohio state, but you're right. Yeah. I for, forgot. We hadn't thought about that when I talked to a, who was it when I talked to Kevin about it on Tuesday on that show? Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Andrew, uh, before we let you go, let's just give like the, the road to the victory, because I think it's pretty slim here. Everyone can agree for Iowa. So just to pin it down, we've talked about it pretty much throughout, but really nail by nail, everything that needs to go right for Iowa to be able to pull off this upset. Yeah. Um, you stop the run, you stop Michigan's run. Um, I think you forced them to pass. Now, Kate McNamara has been pretty good this year, but uh, I, I take Iowa's passing or Iowa's secondary up against anyone's passing attack. Um, where Iowa was succeeding the most was when people are passing. That's what you want to get them in. The reason why Minnesota was able to keep it close is because they were able to run the ball. The reason Nebraska almost beat Iowa is because they were able to run the ball. So you stop the run early and you get a lead. It doesn't need to be a 21-point lead, but you stop, the, you stop them early, you get a lead, you get them a little bit worried and out of their game. Um, I think the second piece is no stupid plays. I know that sounds sounds uh, obvious, but uh, when Iowa lost to Michigan State in the 2015 college or the 2015 Big Ten championship game, there was two turnovers that kind of cost them. Um, Iowa is not a team that can come into this game and make mistakes and come out a winner. Uh, they were able to do that against Nebraska. That's because it's Nebraska. Nebraska finds legitimately 1,500 ways to screw up a football <laughs> game. It's honestly impressive, and the study should be done on them. But um, I think you can't make mistakes. I think it's being good at the things you're good at. It's being consistent on special teams, um, not making, not taking bad sacks uh, if you're Spencer Petras, getting the ball out of your hands, um, even if you're throwing the ball away. So I think it really comes down to stopping the run, uh, not making – not not forcing turnovers on your own side, not giving the ball away essentially um, and just doing the simple things right. Uh, and then if Iowa wins this game, it's because I think Brian Ferris comes out and he's going to pull a few tricks out of his bag. And I think Iowa, we could see a couple special teams trickery plays. We've only saw one this year. It was absolutely atrocious, um, but Iowa hasn't done anything. They haven't needed to do that. They've just been really intelligent on special teams and able to get away with it. But uh, I think that's how they win, man. 
Andrew Wade's over at Locked On Hawkeyes. If you want to hear more about what he has to say about this game and everything else going on with Iowa Monday through Friday, be sure to make Locked On Hawkeyes your second listen of the day after you're done here with Locked On <laughs> Big Ten. You make it your first listen every single day of the week. Andrew, thanks for making sure that we know everything we need to know about Iowa going into Saturday. We'll, of course, talk to you again at some point soon. I know, unfortunately, maybe not too much to get into with basketball season this year. But, hey, we don't know. Things could happen. Hey man, this Iowa team is better than people realize, man. This basketball team's good. They're not, they're not a they're not a title winning team, but they're a top 25 team. Just give them some time. All right. All right. Well, then we will have to talk about that at some point <laughs> soon. Again, Andrew here on Locked On Big Ten and on Locked On Hawkeyes every Monday through Friday. Thanks for coming on, Andrew. Appreciate you. Absolutely, man. No problem.